Welcome back, guys, to the Full Crippled Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Um, I hope you guys are having a great morning, great rest of your day. Sorry that I missed yesterday. Uh, I ended up getting busy, pretty busy, so I wasn't able to. Um, like I said, normally I try to record in the morning for you guys and get it out around, you know, this time. So, or start recording around this time, and so I had just things going on around this time yesterday. So I do apologize about that. Um, we got a lot to talk to about today. Actually, this is probably one of the. I mean, I wouldn't say the biggest, one of the biggest episodes I've ever had, or we've ever done. I've done a lot more. I've. covered a lot more, but this is definitely up there. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. So first thing here is it was on the 18th, but I decided to move it to the first thing because it's such a big thing and there's nothing else really as big as this going on. Although everything else is huge, but this is probably the biggest thing going on. So as you guys all probably know now at this point, is Eagles agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Colts for two draft picks. Says the Carson Wentz situation in Philadelphia is officially over as it was traded away to the Colts. Eagles agreed to trade Wentz to Indiana, to Indianapolis, there was a 2021 and a third round pick and a conditional 22 second round pick. Mike Garofalo reported Thursday. The conditional second round pick is a first round selection, will become a first round selection should once play 75% of the snaps in 21 or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. Finalization of this trade will could not be confirmed until the league new league year officially begins on March seventeenth. So a little bit of ways to go yet, but it, it has a, but it is more than likely to go through. Obvious landing spot for Wentz after getting after the quarterback's relationship with head coach Frank Reich. Wentz's best years came with Reich as the Eagles' offensive coordinator in sixteen seventeen. The thought process follows that if anyone can help turn on the struggling signal color, it's right. So you you kind of had to expect this, you know, coming after, you know, Philip Rivers decides to hang it up, comes to Phil, you know, comes to Indianapolis for one year, decided to hang it up. Now you really are left with not really much of a quarterback situation, or not really much of an obvious choice. You have Jimmy, you have Jacoby Brissett, but. I really don't think, you know, from going to New England to Indianapolis, I really don't think, I mean, I personally don't think there's been as much production out of him. Like, I don't think much else has happened to where he would make an obvious choice, like an obvious pick. So for that reason, this is a good decision. I, I like it either way. Because then you bring in Carson Wentz, should he do better in Indianapolis, you know, underneath the new offense, new 
coordinator, new coaches, new front office, everything. You know, he should be able to teach Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I know Philip Rivers was also a good choice, too. Philip Rivers did, you know, he brought in a lot, too. So, again, very, very obvious, very obvious decision. Um, and if it wasn't going to be the Colts, it was going to be another team, you know, with a quarterback situation to figure out. But I don't think any other team was as urgent as the Colts were uh, when it comes to a quarterback. I think that, you know, all the other quarterback situations can be talked about again and be brought back up in another couple of years. So this was the more most urgent one and probably the most, like I said, most obvious for sure. Uh, but moving on here is Hunter Henry, quote, opening, uh, quote, open to whatever, end quote, approaching free agency. So, again, I forgot to mention this. I'm going to have all my social media links and all the links from today's episode in the description below. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. Message me on any of my social medias that I will most likely be the same ones I always do. But message me on my social medias. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. I want to hear your guys' thought process on today's episode and the angle that you guys are coming across. So, Hunter Henry played under the franchise tag, not ready to experience free agency. Want to kind of test his test his value there. Less than a month away from his first goal round as, as a for his, or I cannot speak. As his first go-around as a four-hire pass catcher, as long as the Chargers don't strike a deal with him first, and he's keeping an open mind about the entire process by saying, quote, I've really enjoyed my time here, so I'm not going to ever rule that out. You know, with a young quarterback, me and Justin Herbert have formed a relationship, uh, end quote. And then I quote again, but I think I'm open to whatever, and I think I kind of have to in a way, but I really enjoyed my time. And if that continues, I'll be excited. If that doesn't, then that would be a new step and a new place to kind of start again. End quote. So he's kind of keeping it open, like I said. He sounds like he'd be excited to come back, but he's also sounding more excited to want to leave and kind of test it. You know, and he's young. When you're young, you're going to want to, you know, you're going to want to explore. You're going to want to broad, you know, you're going to want to test yourself. You know what I mean? Like, the difference from being on a team like the Chargers, where you've been with them for a little bit, And you're not sure if they really ever still really want you. You just you don't know if it's maybe just because they need you or if they want you. But then the feeling that you get when you actually test free agency and then go on a team that you know actually wants you is a little bit of a different feeling, I'd imagine. So, you know, I think he thinks that he maybe feels that way, maybe. Not like anything against the Chargers, but like, He kind of just, you know, he's young, kind of just wants to test it out. So, I don't know. 
you know, I guess it really just depends on if the Chargers really come at him with an op, you know, with an offer that essentially just proves that they want him. Then, uh, Hunter Henry's twenty twenty season was kind of similar to to that of his first three campaigns, not including the season lost lost to injury, catching sixty passes for six hundred six hundred thirteen yards and four scores. His yards per reception mark was the lowest of his career, but not by a wide margin, and he'll likely command a deal similar to the one Austin Hooper received from the Browns last spring. With a project, okay, I was actually going to get into that, but that's going to come later on. But the Chargers are going to have a little over twenty-three million in space without Henry. That's more enough room to take on Henry on a deal around ten million per year which would soon be accurate for the type of production Henry has posted his career to this point. We'll, be, we'll become the top available tight end on the market. Only at 27, you have to make an impact like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, the league's top two tight ends in output and compensation. And with the cap constraints felt by all 32 teams this offseason, it's fair to expect he won't come with that within that range. Yeah, probably not. Andy's going to have to keep that in mind, so. And this is what else he kind of had to say in that interview. Quote, I want to play somewhere there's a good quarterback. That's huge for a position. It makes things a lot easier. Playing with a good quarterback always makes things better. you got to look at both. you got to look at some of the financial stuff, but not dive too deep into it that you go chasing it because I want to play with a good quarterback. End quote. So, making that very, very clear. Gotta have a good quarterback. Yeah, and it does make his position better, uh, easier. He is correct about that. Um, but yeah, making it very clear that he wants a good quarterback. And uh, I've seen Justin Herbert play. I think he can ball. He can really ball. Is he the answer that Hunter Henry's looking for? I don't know. But moving on here. The next couple are going to be, I think, a few releases. So just kind of keep that in mind, guys. The Packers are releasing. Oh, my God. That is really, really loud. I got to start turning that down more. Damn. Anyway, my bad. So the Packers are releasing offensive lineman Rick Wagner, linebacker Christian Kirksey, after one season with the team. So only going at one stint with Green Bay. So two veterans help them get to the NFC Championship game are being released. Tackle Rick Wagner and linebacker Christian Kirksey on Friday. The team announced what and what amounts to salary shedding moves as teams across the NFL trim their payrolls to fit under the tight end. The tight cap expected for 21. Both Wagner and Kirksey arrived at Green Bay as free agent additions in 2020, with Wagner making the Packers the third team of his career and Kirksey leaving the Browns for a shot at the postseason of Green Bay. Wagner appeared in 16 season games, starting nine of them and serving as a spring tackle. Kirksey, meanwhile, finalized, finally realized his playoff ambitions, appearing in two postseason games for Green Bay in the 20 season. Started in all 11 of the regular season games in which he appeared, recording 77 tackles, two for loss, two sacks, four passes, defense, and two picks. Pretty productive. 
Kirksey and Wagner were essentially mercenaries with each signing two-year deals with clear exit options after 2020. Green Bay will save nearly $10 million in space by releasing the two while carrying a dead cap of 3.75, which isn't that bad either. The future for each is interesting. At 31 years old, Wagner was relegated to a role that was less than full-time, but he did not end up starting in more than half of Green Bay's regular season games, lending some credence to the thought he might be able to help a team in need. Kirksey is still just 28, and though he struggled with injuries in recent years, his 11 games played in 20 were encouraging. Former team is in need of linebacking talent, and after getting cut, a reunion there is possible. Not much else here. Moving on. That was just about it. Next thing here is the Eagles are releasing Deshaun Jackson after two years. Still wants to play in 21. In the 21 season, I should say. Again, parting ways with the Eagles is Deshaun Jackson. The Eagles had released the veteran receiver Friday, took to Instagram to post his departure prior to the move becoming official. The 34-year-old receiver entered the final year of his deal, which included voided years in 22 and 23 with the Eagles, and his release will save Philly roughly... $4.8 million in cap space, with the Eagles still significantly over the cap. Moves like these should be expected to come in the weeks ahead. So in the next couple days to the next couple weeks, we should be seeing a lot of releases from the Eagles. Potentially guys with bigger caps that aren't really processed with production, really don't need them. Deshaun Jackson has closed the second still with the Eagles. With just eight games played in two seasons, veteran, the veteran could, couldn't stay healthy enough to make the impact of vision when he returned to Philly. Excuse me. Catching 23 passes for 395 yards and three touchdowns combining combined between 19 and 20. At 34, he still has something left in him, but he'll need to stay healthy. And first and foremost, we'll learn in the weeks and months uh, and month ahead, which teams might be interested. And I'm sure teams will still be. As long as he wants to keep playing, he'll probably condition this offseason, you know, get stronger. So I will be expecting to see that at some point. Next thing here is the Panthers are expected to release veteran safety Trey Boston. Punter Michael Polarity is cut. This gets really, really loud. Dang. I don't know why this gets so loud. But it really, really hurts my ears. Okay. Panthers continue to shed veteran defenders. Informing safety trade Boston, he will be released. Ian report reported Friday. Boston had two years remaining on a three-year contract signed last March. Panthers later announced punter Michael Polardi, who missed the 20 season, and defensive end Stephen Weatherly had been released. Panthers' uh, fourth-round pick in 14 out of North Carolina, Boston, returned to Carolina in 2019 after spending 2017 with the Chargers and 18 in Arizona. 28-year-old started all 16 games for the Panthers in 2020, compelling 95 tackles and one pick. 
Safety had down a season by his standards, particularly struggling struggling in coverage on the back end of the Panthers' defense. Boston allowed a career-high 69.2 reception percent, 419 yards, and three touchdowns per pro football focus, a.k.a. PFF. Carolina, obviously going younger on defense, pretty obvious. Boston will join teammate Kawan Short on the open market. Short was released earlier this week. Unless a team swoops in to trade for Boston before his release becomes official, he will hit a free agent agent market saturated with veteran safeties. Next thing here. As Atlanta Falcons release veteran safety Ricardo Allen and defensive uh, defensive end Allen Bailey. And uh, keep in mind, guys, a lot of these moves are because of salary cap. You know, the, the, really, the real limited salary cap this year, so keep that in mind. The Atlanta Falcons began the process of reshaping the roster under new general manager Trey uh, Terry Fontenot, excuse me, and coach Arthur Smith. Tim announced the release of safety Ricardo Allen and defensive end Allen Bailey on Thursday. Allen, uh, Atlanta also waived quarterback Kurt Bankert. Cutting Allen and Bailey sheds $10.75 million in salary cap alone from the Falcons, uh, cap, uh, Falcons total cap space. With 3.7 my, 7, 3.75 in dead money, Atlanta is currently projected to be over the, sa- over the salary cap, so the blood sledding is likely not over for Fontenot as he works the, reworks the roster. Former 2014 fifth-round pick Allen started 76 games for the Falcons and recorded 340 tackles, 11 picks, and one sack the past six seasons, all while spending his rookie campaign on the practice squad. He is a four-time team captain, Um, Allen was a huge voice in the locker room in 2018, was a named, was named Atlanta's nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2020. The 29-year-old Allen had 25 tackles and two picks in 12 games played. And then Bailey, who had spent two seasons in Atlanta after eight years in Kansas City, Played in thirty-one uh, played in thirty-one games, nine starts, recorded forty-one tackles, seven quarterback hits, and two point five sacks. Ben Kurt has never thrown a regular season pass. Spent twenty eighteen and twenty twenty on Atlanta's practice squad in nineteen. Suffered a preseason toe injury that landed him on IR. Other notable transactions from Thursday: the Raiders re-signed defensive lineman David uh, David Irving. The former Cowboy played in two games for Vegas last season, totaling four tackles. And the Broncos released defensive tackle Kyle Pico. Pico did not play last season after opting out due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And there's that. Next thing here is... Now, this was really, really big. This is the thing I wanted to talk about that I couldn't discuss earlier. The NFL is increasing the minimum salary cap to 188 million in 2021. So the so the one that was thought to be 
the you know the one that we thought we were supposed to be hitting teams were supposed to hit was 175 million that was the original set the original um you know the original amount for a very long time but now has been moved up to but now has increased 5 million to 180 million following talks with the NFLPA now, an increase of $5 million from 175 to 180 may not seem like a lot, but when you're an NFL GM, I'm sure that you're going to be very, very happy about this. You know, I'm sure as an NFL GM, this, this, is, going to, this is going to say a lot. Like, I'm sure that, to look, you know, I'm sure as us fans, you may be like, well, what's an increase of $5 million? Like, what's the, well, you know, what's, one, what's the increase from 175 originally to 180 really going to do? But if you're an NFL GM... I'm sure that this is actually a pretty big, a pretty big increase. The memo, um, the memo in total, the memo in full reads as followed, or reads as follows, excuse me, quote, as you know, one aspect of the agreements negotiated last summer with NFLPA to address operations during the pandemic provides that the 21 salary cap will be no less than $175 million. Following discussions with the union that addressed both actual 2020 revenues and projected attendance for the 21 season, we have agreed to increase the minimum salary cap for the 21 league year to $180 million. Um, someone is quoting, I don't know from who, but quote, this is not the final salary cap for the 21 league year which will be set following review of final 2020 revenue figures and other audit and accounting adjustments. This agreement simply increases the minimum 21 salary cap by eight by 5 million per club from 175 million to 180 million, end quote. Um, oh, it continues, my bad. Quote, we will promptly advise all clubs as soon as the salary cap is set, end quote. And then with the COVID-19 pandemic wrecking havoc, the expectation has been that the salary cap would fall significantly from 2020's $198.2 million budget after years of increasing by tens of millions of dollars. The fall is expected to be per, uh, precipitous. The new floor midgetates some of that decrease. Or mitigates, my bad. Couldn't read that for a second. The new floor mitigates some of that decrease. Until the official salary cap is set, teams won't know exactly how much room they'll have to maneuver through free agency in 21. At the very least, the new floor gives clubs a starting point to begin making plans ahead of the new league year, which opens on March 17th. So I thought that was really, really huge. Um... Obviously, gives teams some leeway, not very much considering the 20 season, but got to take what you can get. And then the final two things are NBA topics here. So the first thing here is Luka Doncic has officially been named a starter for the 2021 NBA All-Star Game. So it's no secret, based on how he's been playing, uh, for Luca, this will be a second time as an All Star starter in three years of playing in the NBA basket for uh, playing in the NBA. 
was well known that it was going to be a, a toss up between Luca and Damian for the second round for the second backcourt spot. Excuse me. Stephen Curry basically mimicking his unanimous MVP season in terms of individual numbers was locked in at number one. Both Luca and Dame were having incredible seasons as an exercise and nitpicking to try to choose between the two guys. Luca is averaging 29.1 points a game, Dame near 30 points a game on 47.5% shooting, which is not bad at all. That's about the league average, actually, from the field and 33.5% shooting from deep to go along with 9.4 assists and 8.6 boards. Dame is averaging 29.8 points a game on 45.1% shooting from the field and 38.4% shooting from deep to go along with 7.7 assists and 4.4 boards. So relatively the same numbers. I could see why it would be pretty hard, Um, but there's that. And then the very last thing here for today's episode is the NBA All-Star for the NBA game, for the NBA, for the 2021 NBA All-Star game as well. Bradley Beal has been named a starter for the first time in his career. So earlier today, or more like just now, I wrote that NBA All-Star game was happening after all, but without fans, I also forgot that it was past 7 p.m. when I wrote it because the starting lineups were going to be done then. Turn off Twitter and my email just so I could write after the game and and one itself. Just in case Washington Wizards guard Bradley Beal is named the All-Star started with this quote. The NBA will announce starting lineups on Thursday, February 18th, and I will get to the lineups in another post, which I will write shortly if the lineups are named. I honestly don't know then right now. That's one of the beauties of writing an article without Twitter going off in the background. So, official name to starter. But anyway, guys, that's actually going to do it for today's episode of the Full Corporate Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate you guys. I've been loving the support recently, so thank you guys so much for that as well. Um, yeah, but anyway, guys, that's actually going to do it. Again, leave me any messages and leave any, leave me any messages of what you guys would want, uh, you know, what you guys thought about today's episode. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time.